0: You've found Hungry for Apples podcast, a listening space for the energy aware human with your host, Faren. Visit Faren's website at faern.me. You can also find us on social media TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram mystic Fern, so it's Mystic underscore Faren, and Hungry for Apples podcast. Thanks for listening. Grab an apple and enjoy the show. What's up? How's it going? Thank you for tuning in to Hungry for Apples podcast. Today, we are on episode four of the yogic approach. The last one was episode three or part three called the Kleshas. And the previous one was called the eight limbed practice. And the first one was called ways we can approach yoga so, if you find interest in the episode you're about to listen to, I highly suggest you go back and check out those episodes. They are not far down on the list. One thing I want to point out about these episodes, this Yogic Approach series, is that they are very brief. They're meant to be extremely simple a spark, a seed. Something like that, you know? At any time, if you would like me to do an episode on something you've heard in one of these parts, I would like you to let me know. So email me at hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com. And that goes for any other topic also. If you have an idea or something that you're interested in that came out of some episode, because we have a lot that you can check out, right? Any questions about any of those things, email me. I will be sure to reply. Or at least do the episode. Might not need a reply. But as far as these yogic ones, for me, as you know if you've been here for a while, yoga is a very big part of my life. This is something that is dear to my heart, I'm doing my very best to be as respectful as possible, and I know that a lot of the information out there is kind of twisted. So I'm doing my best to not bring in twisted information, which has absolutely nothing to do with our topic today because the topic today is fairly straightforward. What we've gotten up to is the Yamas, and... Well, you'll see, it's fairly straightforward. So we've already gone over yoga's intended purpose and the eightfold path. Ashtanga yoga is described by Patanjali's yoga sutras, which is different than my Sahara ashtanga. So you might have to look that up if, the, if you're curious about that. I'm not saying that it's not involved, right? The source is the source. However, the popularized Ashtanga Yoga from Mysore is different than Patanjali's Ashtanga Yoga. The main difference would be that Patanjali's Ashtanga Yoga is focusing on meditation. Sure, Asana's in there, but the focus in general is more on meditation when the Ashtanga Mysore practice is a very specific asana practice, which of course includes meditation. I'm not trying to say that if there's anything wrong with it or anything like that. I just, there's a big difference. I don't want to confuse the area. That's all. So what we've We've covered everything just in bits and pieces as briefly as I can, but as clear as I can to the point where we've come to the Yamas and the Niyamas. And normally people give these together. I'm going to separate them and just work on Yamas today. And before we talk about that though, I'd like you to take a moment and consider what we're doing here. So if yoga is the path to liberation, then if you choose this path, you're doing things to clear the way. You get what I'm saying there? So your body being the, the vehicle, the car that you're driving down the road. So what you're doing is you're clearing the way, basically the way that you react in life, right? I mean, often people don't really consider their actions, reactions, but there are certain things that we do physically that we don't realize are reactions. And then energetically, there's this whole other plane of existence connected to that, which again, kind of takes the hit on that one. But when you come to yoga, you start to align that information and you become much more adept at seeing what your actions are and if you're actually reacting to something which means that you might have a different emotion behind it than you realize or something like that so as we learned last time in the Kleshas, Patanjali's broken this down into different areas that we need to look at and I'll just briefly go back, go back to that. So, there's avidya, which is ignorance; asmita, which is ig- is egoism; raga, excessive attachment; Dvesha, excessive aversion; abhinivesha, fear of death. So, those are the generalizations that they put on the way we categorize our. Actions, our reactions, and the way that we've lived our life. Because, you know, sometimes there's food that is taken into account. Our digestive system often assists us in the way that we act and react. You know, I have had that before. I'm sure some of you have also. So to clear ourselves of these kleshas, this is where Patanjali... Recommended the eight limb practice. Again, we've already spoken about that. And the first of the eight is Yama, which when put very simply is restraint. A little side note here, in my last teacher training, one of my favorite parts of the training was when we were given the opportunity to do call and response of the yoga sutras and the ones that you know we were working with because there are a lot of sutras that would be a lot but for now i'm going to read you the one that encompasses the basic idea of what we're talking about here so we're in the yoga sutras of, of patanjali we're in chapter two number thirty ahimsa satya asteya brahmacharya aparigraha and yamaha basically as you can see this happens in the yoga sutras often it's a list it's a list of of these actions right if you're new to yoga sutras you may not know that but if you're if you're a little bit familiar with these words, you know that I just listed the yamas. It's the order that they appear in the Yoga Sutras. So ahimsa, I'll just go through the the real simple translation. Ahimsa, harmlessness, nonviolence. Satya, real, genuine, honest, virtuous, truthful. So again, I'm reading from the Sutras of Patanjali. Um, um, it's a Yangar's version. Asteya, non stealing, brahmacharya, continence, chastity, religious studentship, aparigraha, without possessions, without belongings, non acceptance of gifts. That's not very modern, but that's a harder one to... And yama. yama. The word yama means self-restraint. It's one thing to keep in mind when you're looking through yoga sutras and some of the other beautiful scriptures that we have available is often there's translations that don't quite capture the original intent of the author and this is by no fault of the author or the translator it, it's just the nature of the way people do translations and so you know you might you might take some time and look at the versions of the different things that you can see out there and see which one really speaks to you. I mean, it's not just the yoga sutras, it's the Gita, it's the Upanishads, it's everything. And, um, yeah, they're all wonderful. But some of them are going to read in a way that will speak to you more clearly. That's what I'm getting at. Before we go any further in you know looking at what these things are i wanted to point out something that i found really interesting now these are the kind of little rabbit holes i go down so i'm not going to read a bunch of stuff to you i am literally pulling up wikipedia just so you know and what i put in was the god yama in hinduism because we're talking about the yamas right If you know how these things work, you know that that word has to come from somewhere. So I decided to share that as well. The word Yama, when it comes to Hinduism, it's the Hindu god of death and justice. So first of all, I find that really interesting because we're talking about restraint, right? Personal restraint. So Yama, often people say the god of death, but it's death and justice. And then it also says here, responsible for the dispensation of law and punishment of sinners. I mean, there's all kinds of, if you look this up, there are so many things to read. Um, In Vedic tradition, it says here, Yama was considered to be the first mortal who died and espied the way to the celestial abodes. thus as a result, he became the ruler of the departed. His role, characteristics and abode have been expanded in te- have expanded in texts such as the Upanishads, Ramayana, Mahabharata, and the Puranas. There's so much here. Uh, there's something to do with Surya, the God of the Sun, wonderful stories to look up so I just wanted to point that out this is also another thing that you can do if you're choosing to study yoga, philosophy and literature there's always more to learn you'll never learn at all and this is a perfect example I just think this is so beautiful so I put this in instead of a helpful quote and passage because I feel it's so interesting the God that is responsible for the dispensation of law and punishment of sinners, God of death and justice, is also the same word that's used in the Yoga Sutras for restraint. Now, the main reason that's interesting is because the yamas, restraint, have to do with how you interact with other people how you treat them, how you, you know, how you talk about them, how you, all of that stuff. That, to me, creates a very specific connection to the god Yama. So the Yamas are often referred to as yoga's ethical backbone. So again, how you interact with others Connected to law, death, etc. So if you think about relationships, interconnectivity, you know, obviously you need to have a good relationship with yourself in order to improve your relationship with other people. But that doesn't mean that you can't, you know, start off in a place where you know you're just trying to be a little nicer than you were the, ne- the day before or the minute before whatever's going on that's how personal expansion works and if you don't give yourself the space to do it then why would anybody else is one way to look at it but you know i don't want to go off on a tangent for now we're just we're just looking at the yamas in a Yang- in Yangar's Yoga Sutras, so the book that I was read that I read the sutra out of, the definitions, he refers to the yamas as a vow. So, as a, a person that is embarking on the path of yoga, this is part of your vow with yourself, and I want to throw in the universe. So. five yamas ahimsa right out of the gate number one non-harming this is spoken about in all kinds of ways there are many ways that you can approach this in your life most people choose the food route i totally get it but considering this is how you interact with other people You might want to choose, or you could choose, let's put it that way. I'm not, I don't know who you are. (laughs) You might choose how you treat people that you don't know, for example. Perhaps you struggle with that already. So maybe that's a good focus for you versus changing your diet. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that the thing that people talk about first is usually vegetarian veganism that kind of thing totally understand however like i said if we're talking about how we interact with other people then i feel as though you might embark on a route that directly interacts with other people in your area around you just an idea so number two Satya. Truthfulness. Again, of course you have to be honest with yourself. If you're on a spiritual path and you're not honest with yourself, eventually brutally honest, you won't get anywhere. Not that you really have to go anywhere physically, but I'm just saying. But in order to learn how you, you know, what your tendencies are around truthfulness... You might want to stop lying to people around you if you have that habit. Maybe you do it out of defense. Some people do it, they don't even realize it. Just little things here and there. Stop doing that first and then see, right? Choose a simple thing. Number three, Asteya, non-stealing. Okay, now, this can be spoken about on all different levels, all the dimensions, Right? non-stealing obvious don't steal okay fine but what about on social media now um the art and music and stuff like that how quickly do people just use that stuff i'm guilty of it too i try to credit people i'm doing my best but sometimes it happens Sometimes you do things too quickly and then you can't edit them. Whatever is going on, right? It depends on what app you use. Perhaps look at that versus thinking, I already don't steal, right? There, there, there could be something. And I'm not saying to hyper-focus on how you think about other people because that is something that that will be spoken about if you ever go into any classes about this. And I totally agree with that. However, that is an inside job, which you will be doing anyway. So how about you watch, you know, something else? Like I said, non-stealing. Watch how you're doing social media. Maybe you can share more about something, about why you like someone's thing or something like that. Do you get what I'm saying? If you are planning on to, on sharing their work and using it on your own media, it's just an example, just a thought. Another thing is if you know that you consistently have negative, kind of mean thoughts about other people, people that you see regularly, in particular, you might want to take a look at that because in the energy world, when you get into that kind of a dimension. That is definitely in the lines of kind of stealing. It's kind of like stealing someone's joy. There's also that thing. Stealing someone's attention, energy, time, all of that. All of that can fall in this area because it has to do with how you're interacting with other people, how you're treating them respectfully, not respectfully, all of that. Number four, Brahmacharya, continence. To me, this is very similar to asteya. Often when people speak about this, they focus on abstinence, which again, I totally understand. I also feel like that comes from Brahmacharans Um, or I think that's the term, please excuse me if it's not, Um, the young monks, the first stage of that whole situation, that beautiful situation that I don't quite understand all the way yet. I feel as though that is a crossover here, but also, I mean, if you think about it, the continents... Chastity, religious, studentship. So that one I feel, that one is the one I feel we can bring together here. So so if you're on a yogic path and you're starting to include the yoga sutras and the yamas and the niyamas in your life, and you come to this, this one, brahmachari, studentship, in my opinion, is the most modern route with that. But also, you know, you don't want to just be, you want to be frugal with where your energy is going. Let's put it that way. In all directions, not just sexual. This has to do with all kinds of things. However, when it comes to sexual partnership, you know, it, gets to a point in these situations, especially if you're yoga uh, into on the yogic path. I mean, you never like it's like there's a switch that goes off and you never want to just be completely passive about that again. Um, it, it is again about being frugal about how you spend your energy. It doesn't really have that much to do with the other people. However, if you are on the fence about making these choices and then you choose to make the choice of abstinence and you've already included someone, please don't just cut and run right in the name of yoga, because right then and there you are missing out on Ahimsa, which is kind of like the umbrella situation. The same thing with the Klesha's. This is the way that a lot of these guidelines are set up for us. The top one is kind of the umbrella situation. All these other things fall underneath it that are possible contributions or other ways of that not being, you know, of that not happening. So how is Ahimsa not happening in this situation You were on the fence about something. You didn't explain it. You were intimate with somebody, whether it's friendship or anything like that. And then you just turned around, cut and run. This is not very compassionate. And if this is, you know, if you're on the yogic path, one of the main things that you're trying to build is compassion with yourself and with the world around you. And I'm not saying be walked over, taken advantage of or any of that business. But there comes a point where you start to want to drive the bus a little bit more. And that's what I'm getting at. So last but not least, aparigraha, greedlessness. I would think non-attachment would fall into line here too. Again, very similar to the way that I was looking at the brahmachari information. It's a simple restraint to not, it's not simple. It's not simple to do. It's simple to understand. You don't want to include other people in your business unnecessarily. You understand that that could be harmful to them in some way. But sometimes you become attached to certain things. Things, people, animals, all of that stuff. Given some practice and a bit of intention, let's put it that way, you will not do that anymore. However, if you don't acknowledge that you do it, you know, like time stealing, all that kind of stuff, you will probably have a really long route. So this is where honesty with the self, back to the Kleshas, is going to be Your, you know, your light in the tunnel, the lighthouse, all of that stuff. It's going to be that how deeply you can be with yourself, how honest you can be with yourself. This provides your pathway to being kind with others for for all of the Yamas but some of us need to see it broken down because it helps it helps us understand where we're getting stuck where we're you know getting bumps in the road and where we are not paying attention and we are just you know creating walls because that happens too when you don't treat people well but you mean to you don't really do it a wall of some sort gets built and again this is another other dimensional understanding. But it is, you know, emotional if you look at it that way. And this is one of the things you want to clean up and to help clear your path. And, you know, your path to liberation, your path to awareness, your path to expanding to the utmost ability of this body that you're in at this time. All that fun stuff. Thank you so much for being here, for listening. Let me know if you have any questions. Email again, hungryforamplespodcast at gmail.com. We will be back with another yogic approach episode. And the next one will be niyamas. Remember I said at the beginning, they usually come out together. People usually just talk about them together. I'm talking about them separately, so next time we'll get into the Niyamas. Thanks for being here again. Bye now. Alrighty. That's the end of our show. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe everywhere you find podcasts and visit Farron on her website, fairn.me. You can also find us on social media, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Mystic Fern, so it's mystic underscore Farron, and Hungry for Apples podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. Bye now.